Yeah, so I followed I followed us and I followed Stoiber. Okay. And then I figure if we make podcast friends, maybe we'll <laughs> we'll right. you know that kind of thing. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Five Report. We have Tons of stuff to talk about. Actually, really, just a couple big things that we really need to discuss, and then we'll be discussing our top five favorite giant robots this week. I am Drew, your host. Joining me as always is my brother Peter. Hey, everybody. And our producer Ryan. Hello. All right. So, what are we watching this week? Um. So I went to see a uh, little movie called The Meg this weekend. Oh, I have. I <laughs> did not get a chance to see The Meg. So tell me all about it. Um, so the Meg is, um, it's pretty much, and I didn't make this description up, but I've seen it. It's exactly what you'd think it, it would be. If you think you will like this movie, you'll like it. If you don't think you'll like it, you probably won't. Is it's, it, it's, it's Jaws the Big Shark, isn't it? Pretty much. I don't know if it's as great or groundbreaking as Jaws, but it's, <laughs> it's still pretty good. It's, uh, there's a lot of awesome shark action. Jason Statham fights a giant shark multiple times. Um, yeah, it's, it was fun. Yeah. yeah great. Yeah. Take yeah. a, take a big action star, make him fight a big mm-hmm. creature. I feel like we just saw the rock do that in rampage. I <laughs> yeah, <feel> exactly. Like. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, every action star needs mm-hmm. to find their CG creature to fight. Yes. I will say that, uh, the origin of the Meg in the movie, um, cause of course there's a Meg story of the movie. There's a giant shark killing people. Their ex- explanation from what, for uh, where the Meg comes from, I think, was done a lot better than I expected. So, oh yeah, sure, I can well, say that. they had Discovery Channel. I want to say it was like two to three years ago. Did a documentary called Megalodon, mm-hmm. which, if you watch the documentary, it was about this giant prehistoric shark that's still alive. And if you watch the documentary, it looks like a very, very serious thing. And when you mm-hmm. get to the end. It was a hoax. It was all done <laughs> okay. as a joke. It was all done for fun just for Shark Week. Yes. And when you get to the end, you're like, well played, Discovery Channel. <laughs> That's great. So when I heard that the Meg, the movie The Meg was coming, now I haven't looked into it, honestly. I didn't look it up because I knew that Eli Roth was trying to make the movie, so I don't know if it was actually his script or if mm. he directed or produced it or that kind of thing. But knowing Eli Roth and his work, I was excited to see The Meg. Yeah. It did not fit into the cards this week. <laughs> right on. That's okay. So. It's it's a good creature feature. It's a fun flick. I would suggest watching it. Don't expect it to be Lord of the Rings or, you know, don't <laughs> expect it to be a Best Picture winner. But right. it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um, yeah, The Meg. Okay. Well, <laughs> the uh, a movie, that, another shark movie that hit this week that I wanted to see is a straight-to-TV movie on the Sci-Fi Channel because back in the day, there was a movie called Deep Blue Sea, yeah. which when you talk to people at Shark Attack movies, there's a lot of people that think Deep Blue Sea is just a great movie, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's, a, it's a really fun, great shark movie. Yeah. So Sci-Fi did Deep Blue Sea 2. Awesome. Um, it's sitting <laughs> in my DVR waiting for me to watch, but... Again, are they are they playing it serious? Or are they just doing? I don't know. I saw the trailer and I'm like, this looks great. Okay. Sometimes you just need a good B level creature oh, yeah. feature. So yeah, exactly. Is it? Are they doing it like a sarcastic meta? Like 
this no, is dumb sort of movie. No, or this looks like they tried to play off as a legitimate sequel okay. to Deep Blue that, Sea. That's so, <laughs> yeah, and I've really liked Deep Blue Sea. Sweet. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Um, I watched, so I started a television series and finished it. I've been watching it in the mornings before I leave for work every day. Okay. And I watched a movie. So the series I watched is The Resident, okay. which is an off uh, hospital show on Fox. Now, I really like hospital shows, but I hate procedural shows, <laughs> which is very uh, counterintuitive, I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> I always liked hospital shows. Like, I liked ER. I loved Scrubs. Like, mm-hmm. there's been some hospital shows that I've enjoyed. I am not a Grey's Anatomy fan. I'll say that now. I it, it's, got, it's too soap opera But I like a couple of the actors in The Resident, so I thought I'd give it a go. It was only 14 episodes. I didn't find myself addicted, yeah. but at 14 episodes, I'm going to finish the season. Okay. I thought it was really cool. And one of the things I really liked about it was it seemed like it was about behind-the-scenes financial stuff and the corporate aspect of the hospital. Like, they do have some hospital stuff with patients, but then if there was, like, an issue of, like, uh, malpractice, you actually got to see some stuff with the lawyers. That's very and interesting. You, got, you know what I mean? So. It really kind of was like, wow, that's kind of cool. You don't normally see this. Now, if other hospital shows are doing that, I don't know because <laughs> I don't watch procedurals. <laughs> For sure. I did find myself, as a normal hospital show, there's some formulaic things that a lot of hospital shows do. For a To not be a procedural, there's some unprecedented things I saw on the show. So I enjoyed what I watched. And I actually, I'll give the second season a little bit of a go, so we'll see if I end up keep watching it. But Okay, nice. Do you think... So they are going to do a second season then? I think so. Like, it's, I didn't see anything where it was canceled, and if you look at the Fox promos for the upcoming year, yeah. there's images for it. So I was like, well, that must have gotten picked up. So. That's. I feel like the uh, sort of corporate financial world of... The medical industry is probably a bottomless well they could draw from for right, stories. Right. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And if you're, a, if you're a Marvel fan for the Marvel movies, uh, the girl, Emily Van Camp, who plays Agent 13 or Sharon Carter, is one of the leads in the show. Oh. And that's one of the reasons I started watching it, because I cool. like her as an actress. So. Nice. The movie I watched this week was Chappaquiddick. Okay. Which is clearly an art house film, but it's about a murder scandal that Ted Kennedy was involved in. He was one of the last Kennedys to run for president, and he uh, got into this murder scandal, and it he didn't kill her, but it looks like he was at fault for her death, mm. and it was yeah. kind of more of an accident than anything else, but the um, irresponsible... Uh, reaction to how everything laid out and him reporting it and all that stuff makes it look how guilty he was and it yeah. was a big thing and it was a really good movie and I know nice. it got a lot of press when it came out earlier so I, I just thought I'd give it a watch and okay. you know just, just sit at home going what am I going to watch tonight mm-hmm. can't go see the Meg hmm. I guess I'll watch <laughs> Chapa Quiddick <laughs> so That's great so yeah um, I would definitely recommend it if you like that kind of stuff like the political yeah, I want to uh, check it out at some stuff. point. Um, if you are not that kind of a person, that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a little slower than I was hoping, but I mm-hmm. was captivated throughout the whole thing. So. Okay, cool. I do have an update to... Remember when I said a couple friends of mine were watching the Marvel movies from beginning to end? Yes. Yeah, in chronological yes, order. Okay. 
Well, Infinity War came out on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and I they watched Infinity War, and I got lots of texts, <laughs> and I got lots of Snapchats That's great. with pictures of tears, and wait, I'm mad, and I'm upset, and all that stuff. The conversation this week, since Infinity War just dropped on Blu-ray, mm-hmm. has been so much fun. Like I said, getting to watch, you get to watch this stuff through someone else's eyes. Mm-hmm. So getting to hear the theories, and when yeah. I was talking about some of the theories... They were like, yeah, but you know that because you read comic books. And I go, yeah, but they're doing enough different stuff that I'm in the same boat as you. This is all speculation. All we can do is talk and chat. And Mm -hmm. so it it was great. And I said, I go, I expect a tears and possibly a text message 10 minutes in. Because one (laughs) of them is a very big fan of Loki. And within the first 10 minutes, Loki dies. (laughs) So I was, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen Infinity War, but box office dollars, you've all seen Infinity War. Mm -hmm. The, it was really funny. And I'm like, well, 10 minutes in, Loki dies. But then we had this big conversation about how Loki might not actually be dead. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you thought about that. I figured I'd talk to you about it real briefly. Um, I I think I've heard some theories. Well, my thing with Loki dying is, is he dead? Or is he still alive? Because if he truly was dead, don't you think he would have turned blue? Because he's a frost enough, giant. Yeah. He would have you know, lost control of whatever <laughs> ability he was holding back the frost giant half mm-hmm. of his genetics and turned blue. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just wanted to get your opinion because it came up in our conversation, so I thought I'd ask you. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if they can, if they have that... If they use that as a loophole and bring him back and it's in a believable, not corny way, I'm totally down for it. Um, you know, who doesn't like Loki? But yeah, Well, it's just... Thor, Thor did say in the movie, Loki's died before. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and technically, so Thor's a god. Mm-hmm. Loki's technically a god. Yeah. You know, so maybe they neither one of them can die and it's mm-hmm. all just a farce anyway. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Um, you mentioned frost gods, and it reminded me of a conversation I had at work today with uh, some of my friends, and uh, we were talking about. One of them mentioned like, I'm surprised there's no Marvel villains who are joining in the fight against Thanos. You know, you'd think some of them might have some. Well, that might be to go. that might be a to come. So kind of a thing. then the conversation led to, well, most of them aren't alive. <laughs> <laughs> so we started looking up the ones that are alive, and the two... Oh, yeah, that, Marvel's villain problem yeah. that I've mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So the two that we were thinking would be really awesome to see if they brought into the next Infinity War movie was Abomination is still alive. He's right. just in prison. So if they break out A-bomb and he's going up against Thanos, that would be so cool to see. It would be. What do you have to say about that? Okay, so there is... Marvel is doing phenomenal, phenomenal work with these movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've had a couple quibbles with some things that I've seen as like uh, plot holes, but I've been able to like kind of write them off and be like, all right, whatever, yeah. and just kind of go my own way. But my big thing with Marvel has Marvel has created a giant missed opportunity in my opinion. Okay, and it has bothered me ever since the movie released, and this goes back to Civil Captain America Civil War. Okay, at the end of the movie. When they're all in prison, the camera pans around and you see Hawkeye, you see Ant-Man, you see all these characters in prison, all the heroes in prison, the ones that were, like, sided with Captain America and were considered war criminals. Mm -hmm. But they show all these empty cells in the background. What they should have done is had Abomination and, like, some of the other villains that were still alive 
in those background cells just as Easter eggs. That would have been cool. Because if you watch the Marvel movies, most of the villains die. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow. Like, in Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, Ronan is a great villain. And yeah. he dies at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The, so I just thought that was a missed opportunity. They could have had the leader in there. They could have, like, all these characters that you're like, well, what happened to that guy? <laughs> well, he's been yeah. sitting in that prison the whole time. So later, the, you know, they could do a big breakout movie. Who knows? I don't know what Marvel has coming down the pipe yeah. after the Infinity Story's over. Yeah, so. that'd be pretty cool. Um, the other group of uh, villains that we thought could join the fight is... Because we're... Uh, the Frost Giants. Like, I was like, what if they just recruited a bunch of Frost Giants to join in? That could have been cool to see. It started with... I was trying to think of different armies they could do. I was like, well, there's the Chitari. Oh, no, the Chitari were basically working for Thanos, so I had to go through the list and, like, oh, Frost Giants, that would be awesome. There's two characters that I think are interesting because if you read Infinity Gauntlet, which is the book that the movie is primarily based on, yes, there's some differences from page to screen. That was They didn't have a choice. This comes back to the... What we're going to talk about next, it comes back to the DC buying Fox... Sony acquisition contract, that kind of stuff. So, which we're going to get to next, which is this is a great segue into that. But the, um, where was I going? Sorry, I briefly lost my train of thought here. No, the uh, couple villains that appear in the comic book that they have to deal with now in the movie, which Mm -hmm. would be really cool. The first half of the book is primarily the heroes fighting Thanos. The second half of the book. That's when the Celestials come in. Galactus nice. and the Watcher and those mm-hmm. characters. Well, they haven't made, they haven't released Avengers 4 yet, which is the back half of the Infinity story. Yes. The what's interesting about that is that we haven't seen the Celestials join the fight. Well, now that Disney owns Fox, will they have time to put Galactus into the movie? And if not, the Galactus replacement is Dormammu. From yeah, Doctor Strange. For sure. Because when you watch the way they talked about Dormammu in the Doctor Strange movie, he's basically the Galactus replacement for the MCU. So, okay, so me at, at work, we were actually talking about the same thing. Does Dormammu have any stake in this battle? I don't because know. Does he, even res- he, does he even reside in the same dimension we're in? Or I don't know, just- but here's the thing. If mm-hmm. Thanos, at the end of Infinity War, wipes out half the population, mm-hmm. and then... Now the Celestials got to go, hold on a second. We're not talking population on Earth. We're talking population in the universe. Yeah. And the Celestials, who've been kind of like the guardians of the universe, if you <laughs> yeah. think about it, are stepping in going, hold on a second. Mm-hmm. And then they join the fight. Yeah. So Dormammu may not have a stake in the who cares what's going on on Earth. He might be like, okay, you're messing with some stuff you really shouldn't be messing mm-hmm. with. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's what I thought was. However, nice. the Watchers... Are in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. If you watch Guardians of the Galaxy 2, there's a real brief cameo with the Watchers. Yeah. Which, and according to Kevin Feige, as of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Stan Lee, who has mm-hmm. been in every Marvel movie, is officially a Watcher. <laughs> yeah. So. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder why the Watchers didn't step in in the first uh, Infinity War movie, but... It's all good. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, right. I also wanted to mention, I am still jealous of your friends watching the MCU through Virgin Eyes because there's just so much... I just feel like it would be so good to binge it the first time like that because, for example, Spider-Man Homecoming comes out and you don't have that baggage of this being the third <laughs> Spider-Man reboot right. within 10 right. and, years and or something. And that's the thing. Like, they've seen... 
They've seen, I think they've seen the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. And maybe they've seen one of the Andrew Garfields, mm-hmm. if not both. I don't know. Yeah. What I do know is that they knew enough about Spider-Man, which was fine, but they didn't know enough about the other characters. Yeah. Because one of the texts I got was, oh, look, baby Spider-Man. <laughs> which made <laughs> me laugh. <laughs> but they really like him as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. But, you know. Nice. But since we're talking Spider-Man, <laughs> let's talk about that big piece of news that you discovered and passed my way. Sounds great. So Sony control. So Disney buys Fox and gets control of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So X-Men and Fantastic Four are being reintegrated into the Marvel Universe. All the heroes are coming home. I'm going to get to their integration in a second because that deal's technically done. There's just a timetable. Mm-hmm. So we'll come back to that. I want to just kind of tangentially hit the Sony thing, and then we'll come back to X-Men. So with Sony, they own the film rights to Spider-Man, and they own... So that includes Spider-Man, that includes Venom, that includes the Spider-Man's uh, rogues gallery, like, you know, the Green Goblin and whatnot, mm-hmm. but that also includes, from what I understand, like 900 characters, <laughs> which I didn't realize it was that big. Mm-hmm. That's... That's crazy. It makes you wonder how many of them are one and done villains, like right, people exactly. Up in one well, comic. exactly. Well, when you say when you say that Fox owned the X Men franchise, and then you start looking into how many characters that really is, it's mind boggling what yes. Fox actually owned in mm-hmm. terms of film rights. So Disney buying Fox and getting their X Men back is really yes. big. the The thing about Sony is they wanted to work with Marvel. As opposed to Marvel just buying, as opposed to Disney buying Sony to get the things, to get the characters back. <laughs> yeah. They wanted to work with Marvel, and they had a contract that allowed them to share Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So Sony makes a Spider-Man movie. I'm not sure who, I'm not sure how the logistics of the money worked out, but it was kind of like they certain aspects would be paid for by mm-hmm. both parties, and then Marvel gets a cut if it's a, if Sony's making the movie, Marvel gets a cut. Yes. If Marvel's making the movie, Sony gets a cut. <laughs> One of those kind of things. So Marvel is primarily using Spider-Man for the crossovers, uh, Civil War and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. And then when they did Spider-Man Homecoming, if you watch the opening credits, because in Civil War and Infinity War, there's no Sony logo. It's just Marvel. Yeah. If you watch the opening credits to Spider-Man Homecoming, the Sony logo does come up. So mm-hmm. Sony had a hand in the production of that movie in terms of money-wise. Right. So however that contract worked out. So... Sony makes a statement this week. They are naming their their Spider-Man unit of their division is Sony's Universe of Marvel Characters, so the <laughs> SUMC. Yes, <laughs> which is a mouthful. But from what I was reading in the like the press release that you sent me, yeah. is that's more of an internal code. That's what they're just using okay. it internally. They are. That's just what they're calling it in house. Fair enough. I I kind of felt like. I've just seen online so many different, more catchy titles than that. My, uh, how I wanted to throw my hat in the ring is just call it Sony's Marvel Universe, and it could be Smoo for short. It just rolls <laughs> off the tongue, you know, Smoo, right. it's way easier to say, so. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's fine, but what this makes me wonder is you and I talked offline a couple times, and we may have actually talked in a previous episode, about the Venom film. Yes. Ryan, I know, is very excited to see Venom. I brought it up. We were talking in the car a couple days ago, and he's like, oh, yeah, when you go, I'm going. <laughs> Which would actually be really cool. The three of us should just go. Yeah, sounds like We'll like just do, like, the three of us will just go see the movie instead of, like, 
Mm-hmm. Normally, I see everything by myself because it's just easier to coordinate. But mm-hmm. maybe we should all just go together. The uh, the Venom movie, I was all wondering if it's connected at all to the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the contract with Sony is the crossovers that Marvel is doing. So Civil War, Infinity War, and then this next Avengers film, whatever it's the subtitle is. Mm-hmm. You have Spider-Man Homecoming. You have the second Spider-Man movie, which is titled Spider-Man Far From Home. And then that's when the contract was supposed to be renegotiated. Yeah. But after this press release, if you read the press release, they mention Spider-Man Far From Home. They mention Venom. They mention a couple other movies, the Silver Sable movie, Morbius the Living Vampire, and something called Jackpot. Now, I have no idea what Jackpot is. I'm not familiar enough with that. I'm, I'm wondering if it's a typo on the website where I was reading this from, and they meant to say Jackal. Which I know who the jackal is. Yeah, <laughs> but that's um, an interesting call. I just didn't know if Jackpot's just one of the nine hundred characters that they own. Ex- that they exactly. Can play. Um, Morbi- Morbius, the Living Vampire. I there was a thing about that. I'm not entirely sure what. Who was from what I've heard? Oh Jared no, Leto Jared Leto. Is, yes, yeah. thank you. Reminded me of that. So Jared Leto is going to be Joker and apparently Morbius, the Living Vampire. I'm down for it. I think it'd be cool. <laughs> What's interesting though is that that could be a reboot of Blade. That could bring a reboot of Blade it's, because Blade is the vampire hunter that helps Spider-Man hunt down Morbius to begin with. Does Sony own the rights to Blade? Did they I don't do know. The first Blade movies? No, or? New Line did the Blade okay. movies. So, but if New Line is a subdivision of Sony, see, this is where the like the crazy studio monopolies yes, come yeah. in, and I don't like. It's starting to get fuzzy. Who owns who? We do know that Disney owns Does New almost Line everything, still... and then Warner Brothers owns everybody yeah. else. Does New so, Line still exist? I have, I don't know. Okay. New Line could have been engulfed. Mm-hmm. That's so, what I, I think that might because New Line was in charge of uh, <laughs> New Line did the first Lord of the Rings movies too. So I'm not sure. I just. The only movie I can tell for sure off the top of my head is the old Ninja Turtles ones, because I always just remember that new line logo showing up before when I was a kid. Well, what's interesting, though, is now that I know that when off this press release and they mentioned Spider-Man 2, they mentioned Venom, that makes me think that Venom is fully connected and is a part of the shared universe, Mm -hmm. if they have to share. Because from what I understand about the original contract with Sony, to share Spider-Man was... Do what you want in terms of movies. It has to line up with the Marvel MCU. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to say the SUMC or the Sony <laughs> or the Sony Universe of Marvel characters is their Spider-Man universe that's going to line up with the Marvel MCU. Yeah, you know when you look at like acronyms and all that stuff, that sounds like it's that sounds like Venom's connected. Yeah, even I mean, if it's the slightest reference. Venom's connected. I feel like... That's how I'm taking this. They also might do a lot of, like... It's not not connected to the Marvel Universe. Well, like, it could be hyper-standalone. Mm-hmm. But the slightest reference of Spider-Man is going to make you go, there's the yeah. connection. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at Black Panther as a whole, the movie is very disconnected from the Marvel movies. Never except Except way. for the reference to Civil War. When and, they talk um, about his father dying. And just vibranium in general. And vibranium in general. So there's these shield. tiny references, but for the most part, the movie's separate. Right. You know, um, the Incredible Hulk movie, aside from Tony Stark appearing at the end of the movie, the movie is very disconnected. So that's kind of how I look at it. Venom is connected until I see it and I see otherwise. And mm-hmm. we're not going to know until the movie comes out. Mm-hmm. 
So Morbius the Living Vampire has me interested only because it's Jared Leto and yeah. you know we don't know where they're going with that. <laughs> Silver Sable, that one is really cool. I've always liked Silver Sable yes. as a character. She's kind of like one of those Spider-Man hunter characters. So Spider-Man could actually be in that movie. That would be really neat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's my I, my curiosity is some of these characters when you get to the kind of lower rungs as far as how well known they are. I'm curious how many people will come out to see them, but if they market it right and they do it right, I mean, Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has kind of worked miracles in that way where, you know, they're selling out theaters for Ant-Man, for example, so right. hopefully Sony can pull it off. Right, and I have a feeling, if you look at the other titles, Silver Sable, Morbius, Jackpot, Jackpot or Jackal, if, <laughs> yes. if I believe it's a typo on the website, and then um, what was the other one? I think that was it. Uh, the I have a feeling all those movies drastically hinge on the success of Venom. Yeah, that makes sense. If Venom doesn't succeed, those movies could get benched or reevaluated. Mm-hmm. The thing about Venom is, if you look at that trailer, we've been dying for a proper <laughs> Venom since the Tobey Maguire yes. Spider-Man Three, because that I know I want to be positive on this show as much as possible. But it's really, really hard to defend that movie. There are things, there are things in that movie that I thought they handled well, but as a whole, it's really hard to defend. That yeah, movie. that's true. So, yes, um, if I if I was gonna make a prediction for uh, these Sony Spider-Man movies, I think that. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie they're going to do. Yes. I think that one's going to be the best. That's my prediction oh, now. There you go. Because <laughs> it looks awesome. So. Yeah, so Ryan, if you didn't know, there's a animated Spider-Man film releasing later this year. The trailer looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like alternate dimension, because there's many Spider-Mans. So there's Peter Parker Spider-Man, there's Miles Morales Spider-Man, there's a future Spider-Man from 2099. Yes. There's Spider-Pig. There's Spider-Gwen. Spider-Gwen. There's, Spider, <laughs> there's like these other characters like Silk and Spider-Girl and Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. and they have these... There's a lot of Spider-Mans. And this is going to be an animated film about, I guess, a breach that's going to bring them all together, which, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. They did a whole, Marvel did a whole run in the comics about this, which I was kind of interested to read, but I never Mm -hmm. got a chance to. So if they're going to base it off that at all, um, I'm probably going to try and find the books and read them because Mm -hmm. I like, when it comes to comics, I really like reading source material. If it comes to a novel, depending on the movie, I might not read the novel. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, Girl on the Train, I was about to read the novel, and then I just decided to watch the movie instead. So it's not always that I, re- I do both. As Jim Gaffigan once said, the movie only took me two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so since we talked about the, the Sony integration, let's talk about the X-Men integration. Because the Fox-Disney deal's done... But we have multiple X-Men movies coming next year, which may not necessarily be connected to the Marvel Universe yet. Mm -hmm. I know we brought this up on a previous show because we had to discuss the... um, The actual, like, setup. Disney acquisition. Disney acquisition, yeah. Yeah. So we have New Mutants, which was supposed to release in 2018. It got pushed to 2019. Mm -hmm. We have Dark Phoenix which was supposed to release in 2018, which has gone into reshoots and pushed to 2019. So it goes into reshoots after the Disney acquisition. Yeah. Does that mean they're going to be reshooting a couple things to line up 
with the Marvel films? Are they trying to get it so X-Men fits properly when Infinity War is over and they can just roll into it? Oh, that'd be cool. Are we expecting Disney to go, all right, the X-Men movies that were filmed are done, time to recast and reload? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's I thought. That's what I thought they were going to do is kind of release New Mutants. Um, to me, New Mutants looks like a very interesting, unique sort of body horror film. It's a horror movie. And uh, I'm really interested to see where it goes. And then I was thinking they might just like release I, the Dark Phoenix or whatever it's called and then just shut off the uh, X-Men so there is from there before they remove There are that. so Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones who plays Sansa Stark is cast as Jean Grey in the X-Men films. Mm-hmm. If you watch the newer movies she was uh, in Days of Future Past and was she Days of Future Past? Or was it Apocalypse? She was. She made her first appearance in Apocalypse, not Days of Future Past. Okay. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Well, see, I'm unsure because I know Days of Future Past goes back in time. So yes, with all the time travel there, stuff, but... they blend a little bit. Mm-hmm. Regardless, she's Jean Grey in mm-hmm. the newer X-Men movies. When they did... So she's going to be Jean Grey in the new Dark Phoenix movie, which... Most people say that that's probably one of the arguably the most popular X-Men story... So Jean Grey will be, you know, Dark Phoenix, and we're going to get to see that story play out. That's the movie that's going into reshoots. There is no footage for that movie yet. There is just a couple images that got released in Entertainment Weekly. Mm -hmm. New Mutants, because it was supposed to release this October, there's a trailer out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it looks terrifying. When I saw the trailer in the theater for the first time, I was like, "What is this? Like, clearly, this is a horror movie." And then they mentioned the X-Men in dialogue, and I was like, I kind of sat up a little bit, like, what (laughs) are we watching? And then when I realized what it was, I was like, oh, they're really going to do this, Mm -hmm. which got me a little excited. Mm -hmm. Because when Deadpool came out and it was rated R and it succeeded, my first fear was that the studios are going to see, oh, comic book movies work on an R-rated scale. Time to make all movies, (laughs) all comic book movies rated R. And I was worried that that was going to destroy the genre. Mm Mm-hmm. Then they made Logan, which was rated R, and it succeeded. Mm -hmm. And I was like, great, all comic book movies are going to be rated R. But then I realized that Deadpool and Logan are rated R. Not really anybody else. Let the X-Men movies all be rated R. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Like, let it be its own little niche thing. Now that Disney owns it, they're not going to be rated R because they're going to have to integrate characters. <laughs> That's true. So it's fine. I just don't know the timing of these integrations for X Men. Yeah, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm really wondering about. And the same goes for Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, that's what I, I was just. Uh, I was thinking they might close it off at the Dark Phoenix saga and then just reboot from there. That could be an interesting take, but. Um, yeah, I mean, New Mutants, I think it looks kind of cool, because if you go back and read the 90s New Mutants comics, especially when, uh, like, the first appearance of Deadpool, for example, they were all just hanging out, like, in a bunker learning their powers and stuff, and then Deadpool shows up to assassinate Cable pretty much, right. and the rest is history. So I thought that was, like, a really cool, serious take on it. Um, but, yeah, I'm just, like you said, I'm just really curious to see what happens. And yeah. I'm just really hoping these movies come out, too. I don't want to see them get stuck in post-production. No, and I want all these movies to be good. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, look, 
and, and like I said, I want to be positive, but there's been some stinkers. But I want all these movies to be good. And my butt's going to be in a seat for all of them because <laughs> not only do I support the industry, because I'm a fan of all this stuff in general, yes. but I support comics and I'm going to I'm gonna be in the seat for all these movies. It's like, oh, another comic book movie. And I feel like I go to the theater to see more comic book movies than I go to the theater to see <laughs> anything else. But in terms of comic book movies... Let's flip the coin to go to DC. Small piece of news. Want to know your thoughts on this. So, listeners, we'll give you more Marvel news as we get it because it's going to be coming down the pipes as announcements are made with Disney and the Sony stuff as we hear things. But let's flip the coin to go to DC real quick. Tom Cruise is the front runner for the Green Lantern movie. That's what it is that officially confirmed or I don't know. Rumor? It's all rumor. Mm-hmm. It came from Variety. So, I, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting choice. I, um, I'm not much of a Tom Cruise hater. I feel like that's kind of in a bandwagon thing. I feel like there's a bandwagon for that too. Look. And it was kind of his relationship with, uh, Katie Holmes back in the day, I think is kind of what started that. Partially. And and some of the Scientology stuff. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. I don't agree with everyone's personal life choice that they make. What I can agree with is that Tom Cruise makes some really good movies. That's what I was going to say. Every <laughs> time he's in a movie, he's, like, so good in it. So like, Exactly. I think it'd be cool he could play an older Hal Jordan. Um, Tom, or Top Gun could almost become, like, a weird unofficial sequel or a prequel to Green Lantern, <laughs> which would be kind of cool. But, yeah, and I if don't you, know. If you don't know, Hal Jordan is a military test pilot who then becomes the Green Lantern. So. <laughs> because, he sh- because he shows no fear. But, right. yeah, I mean, interesting choice. I'm not going to hate on it because I remember hating on uh, Ben Affleck cast as Batman and then finding out he was really good at it. So Right. Now, Ben Affleck's casting as Batman, when I first saw the headline, the day it broke, the, my initial reaction was, is this a joke? Mm-hmm. So, Ben, if you're listening, I want you to know <laughs> that was my initial reaction. But I also want you to know that after a couple minutes of thought... I thought you'd be great for the part, and once I saw the movie, holy cow, mm-hmm. was I right. You were phenomenal. With that being said, Tom Cruise is an interesting choice here, not because of how much he costs as an actor, but because if you look at what Marvel's done where they've chosen big names for some of these big characters mm-hmm. and carried them through <clears throat> multiple films, yeah, having someone huge on the DC side like that that could be a real good move for them. So that's and, true. You know, you have Henry Cavill who plays Superman, was just in Mission Impossible with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. So now you got Henry Cavill playing Superman, Tom Cruise playing Green Lantern, you got Affleck playing Batman. They're kind of lining them up right now, like yeah. you know. So I also think that uh, DC's kind of had this cool casting phenomenon to me where. They pick these actors who you would never expect to be cast as the as that role, and then they just knock it out of the park. Right. They ben could Affleck not have. was like that to me. Tom Cruise is the same way. It's like I never would have. He wouldn't have been on my short list to play Green Lantern, but let's see what let's right. see what he can do with it. Now I don't want to I don't want to glaze over Christian Bale at all mm-hmm. for the Batman role because those movies are so good, like so good. Yeah. But they're very isolated. And if you watch the DC Universe, what I think is interesting is because there's a time gap between the Dark Knight trilogy and then seeing Affleck as Batman, it kind of lines up because Christopher Nolan went from directing the Dark Knight trilogy to executive producing Man of Steel and Batman Superman. Mm -hmm. So 
if you look at it in a weird way, you watch the Dark Knight trilogy, mm-hmm. you watch Man of Steel, and then when you watch Batman Superman, well, he's been Batman for a while, yeah. and it's clear that there was a history, so it almost like it flows, and it doesn't matter that they can't, because Affleck looks older, so it doesn't matter that it's a different actor, and it just yeah. kind of flows together. So I kind of, when I think of the <laughs> DC universe, I kind of want to count the Dark Knight trilogy in it. Mm-hmm. And watch them in that order. Yeah, for sure. Um, Christian Bale, in my opinion, is the most realistic Batman we will ever get in terms of film. Realistic. I'm using that as a very specific keyword here. Mm-hmm. Because if you read comic books, Ben Affleck is the most comic accurate Batman we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And that is in terms of just the way he delivers the lines, the physical action like when you watch him fight you're just like wow that's exactly what I expected from the comics I've been reading mm-hmm. as opposed to the realism of the Dark Knight trilogy yeah so I know Ryan hasn't watched any of these yet he watched like the first 10 minutes of Batman Superman and was like this is crazy and then stopped watching <laughs> so have, have you watched the Dark Knight trilogy okay oh he awesome. loves the Dark Knight trilogy so we've him and I've had talks about that one so mm-hmm. but no Affleck was great and when you think about the casting like you couldn't have casted Wonder Woman any better like Gal Gadot is amazing mm. If they want to cast Tom Cruise as Green Lantern, I say I'm all for it. Yeah. Like his name would draw attention to the movie regardless. Mm-hmm. You know. I had a pretty similar reaction when they announced that uh, Kristen Wiig is going to be playing Cheetah in the Wonder Woman sequel. sequel. Right. And I was like, well, that's that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that, but let's see what they do with <laughs> right, it. Right, exactly. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> so... Yeah, so since we're on Batman a little bit, I have one more piece of news. I thought this was really funny, <laughs> and uh, my brother-in-law sent me a uh, this article. So Turkey as a country has a river, a city, and a mountain all named Batman. <laughs> nice. And they want... <laughs> They are petitioning to have their borders of their pro- of that province where those three sit to look like the bat symbol <laughs> on the map. This is great. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's great. It's funny. It made me laugh a little bit being yeah. such a Batman fan. I'm like, that's awesome. So, I love it. It's, you know, people, they could be talking to each other and like, oh, where's that city? Oh, it's, you know, up by the tip of the left here of the bat symbol. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it made me laugh. I don't know if it's going to fly. Uh, old Miss, old, uh, Miss, old Miss, the college, um, they were going to do a, a couple years ago, they went through a map, potential mascot change. And I guess there was some crazy thing with a contract where the mascot was up for renewal and they they were being forced to change it. And someone, the students started petitioning that they got Admiral Akbar from Star Wars as the school mascot. Nice. And there was a lot, there was like half of the student body was like, yeah, we got to do this. <laughs> and the other half of the student body was like, this is dumb. And I'm clearly because, not because they're not Star Wars fans, because they don't understand. Yes. Because <laughs> the cheerleaders are very like, we're not... <laughs> No, that's stupid. So it never, it never, it didn't get very far because Lucasfilm had to step in and say, as much as we appreciate your fandom, Mm -hmm. this is an issue of copyright and you can't use the character as the mascot for the college. So that kind of got shut down. So when I read this article, as cool as it would be to look at a map (laughs) of the country and see Mm -hmm. the bat symbol in the middle, 
DC could end up stepping in going, you can't do that. <laughs> so true. it just made me laugh, and I'm like, hey, let's... It, no, it's awesome. It, uh, there's another story. I think it was in England. They, uh, Because of a petition, uh, the country recognizes Jedi as an official religion now. Okay, so which country? I thought it was England. Okay, so England and Australia... Australia might be the one. Might be the only. It's one, both. So, okay. It's both. And what happened is, is that there was a census that was taken, and on the <laughs> census you had to list your religion, or there at least was a box to <laughs> list your religion. And because of the number of people that listed Jedi as their religion, <laughs> I don't know if it was originally meant to be a joke or not, but so many people listed Jedi as religion. It is now a legitimate religion. <laughs> That's so awesome. in England, there actually now is a Church of the Jedi, and I believe there's one in Australia as well. Okay. So, so can is there loopholes with that? Like, can you go see Star Wars and say it's part of your religion? And I guess so. I guess there. I guess there was a guy who wore his. He had a hoodie on and he had his hood up, mm-hmm. like in a convenience store. And a clerk. I. I. This was. I saw this article a long <laughs> time ago, but I guess the clerk in the convenience store was nervous that he had his hood up, like maybe he was going to rob the store. And when they asked him to remove the hood, he said he can't because it's part of his religion because he was one of the Jedi <laughs> religion people. And he... <laughs> nice. So I'm not entirely sure. I just thought it was... I just thought that was really interesting. So it's funny that you bring that up. But nice. Yeah. So I think that's it for news. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, you're yeah. Ready? All right. So we will be... As we get lot, as we get more information on Sony and Disney's acquisition and integrating these comic book characters into the Marvel universe, we'll give you more stuff as we learn. So, uh, let's talk about our list for this week. Sounds good. Um, so I so um, this was your li- this was your pick. Yeah. So so I um, in my kind of social media collective feed, I had been seeing a lot of stuff about Power Rangers. Uh, most notably that they're doing a sequel to the 2017 Power Rangers movie as well as the 25th anniversary of Power Rangers is coming up. Because of that, because of my love for the Power Rangers and the Megazord especially, I thought it would be cool to talk about our top five favorite giant robots in entertainment. Um, Andy asked last week how big is giant, and I said probably at least two or three times the height of a person. Um, Well, one of the reasons I asked is because I thought of, like, Ed 209 from... Robocop. Okay, and yeah. That's not too much taller than a person. Yeah, that's why, for sure. You know, what's, I, what do you consider? I want to say, like, at least bigger than an ExoSquad robot is if any of you guys are familiar with ExoSquad. Bigger than a house? Would that be a good example? <laughs> I'd say at least okay. the height of a house. Yeah. <laughs> at least the height of a house. All right. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I right. thought it'd be fun to talk about. <laughs> it, so, I this I found this list to be very difficult. Okay. Um, mostly because... When I the robots that I've gotten into are always like smaller. Okay, like yeah, I, that's fair. And not that I couldn't do this list. I found like once I started like rec- like really thinking about, it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that was a really cool mm-hmm. robot. I just always think of robots being smaller. Like you, you think know, of I, uh, Gray I, Fox from Metal Gear or Robocop or, or, or Terminator yeah. or maybe like um, like so like the Metal Gear is a good example in terms of like um, a robot in general, but it's like the Metal Gear robot, but mm-hmm. like I always think like I always think on smaller scales okay. because I really like the idea of AI. 
So, well, I mean, I'd like to say I mean, like this was a challenge. We can we could have a whole conversation on the singularity tonight <laughs> if you really want to. That's how it's gonna. That's where it could go. But um, this was also a challenge for me because uh, I just kind of. I'm not that big into like mecha stuff. I just thought it'd be a fun list to do. Oh um, no, let's. You know, I mean, because we could see a movie down the road. Like Pacific Rim Three could come out, mm-hmm. and we're gonna go. By the way, I don't know if that's actually happening. I just <laughs> just speculation. We they can could only do, hope they could do a third mm-hmm. one, and we can go. We need to go revisit that list. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah. Anyway, so I have. Do I? Uh, let's go back and forth. This was your pick, so I guess it's my turn. Yeah. Um, so my first honorable mention mm-hmm. is I don't know the name of it. Fair enough. Because I don't know if the name of the robot was actually given in the movie. Okay. But there is an anime series called Appleseed. Okay. Which was originally started as a film. It was just a movie. Mm-hmm. And then they were they made a couple other movies, but they did a very short television series. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch the series. I have only seen the movies. In the first movie, there is a giant robot in Appleseed. Sweet. That is kind of like the end conflict. Like you didn't know them. You didn't know it was an actual robot. It's a structure mm-hmm. in the city, and then at the end, when the big battle's going on, the this giant oh, like nice. thing you that you thought was a building stands up, and it's they gotta shut it down and stop it before it like wipes everyone out. You know, it was really cool. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Uh I haven't seen Appleseed uh, yet, unfortunately, but that sounds really you cool. You should. I know, the, I know movies are, those, the movies are great. I know it's one of those benchmark anime films that like everybody should watch, so I need to hop on Yeah, that. Appleseed was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I don't watch a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. If something catches my attention, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. So I've only seen like a handful of anime. Yeah. But yeah. Nice. Go ahead. Okay, so my first pick... Um, is this a pick or an honorable mention? Honorable mention. Thank you. Um, so... I am going to mention some Power Rangers Zords. I'm going to try not to dominate my list with it, and I'm going to get them over quick, okay? (laughs) So the first honorable mention I do want to mention is the Red Ape Ninja Zord from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie. (laughs) So this one is an interesting pick. I have a bit of a personal story with it. Um, I don't know if I know this, what this looks like. So... So, Long story short, Red the, Ape Ninja Zord, Ryan, if you're looking at the <laughs> <up an> image. <laughs> in the uh, Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, um, all the Rangers lose their Zords and they lose all their powers. So they have to go to another planet to find new powers and new Zords. And the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Zords are based on dinosaurs. Yeah. And all the new ones they find are based on like real world, current time animals. So. There was one that was, um, is that it? Those aren't it. But okay. I actually was trying to Google this earlier, and it was very hard okay. to find. Okay, well, Good continue picks. telling your story. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, they, they find new Zords, and one of them, yeah, that's a, that's a better image oh, of Oh, you know what? Now I remember that. <laughs> yes, so, so the Red Ranger Zord, instead of being a ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex, was a giant red ape. Now... When I was younger, I remember playing on the playground with my friend, um, and for some reason we were playing Power Rangers or talking about Power Rangers or something, and I got this sweet idea in my head. Man, it would be sweet if there was a gorilla, if there was like a gorilla Zord or something like that. So we went, so I went home, and that was the first thing I drew was a picture of the gorilla Zord. So this is before the movie came out, of course. And when once I saw like the first trailer, I was like, "What the heck? They totally stole my idea!" <laughs> and I was so mad about it. And uh, I mean, when the movie came out, I loved it, and I really enjoyed actually kind of seeing that thing I thought of before on so screen. But it's fun. so I, I'm gonna 
to shift gears real quick. Yeah. We talked Spider-Man earlier. Yes. In Spider-Man Homecoming, they never do spider senses. Mm-hmm. And it really irritated me. And I was very vocal about it in my review when I was talking to yeah. my friends. I was like, God, they skipped over spider senses. When you watch Infinity War, the very first thing you see Spider-Man happen to Spider-Man <laughs> is you see his spider senses. And I'm like, well, someone clearly heard me complaining. <laughs> anyway, yeah, go ahead. For sure. But yeah, I mean... And looking back on it, it's just kind of one of those things like, yeah, that was one of my favorite robots as a kid. The idea of making a, like a gorilla or ape zord isn't that original <laughs> at the time. I was so mad about it. So first honorable mention. There you go. Awesome. Well, my, <coughs> my second honorable mention is the Metal Gear robot itself. Nice. So if you've ever played the game Metal Gear Solid, and I'm referring to that like... The Metal Gear games have taken some weird twists and turns, but if you go back to the original PlayStation 1 game, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. the giant robot at the end that you have to battle, like, it's basically like a nuclear... <laughs> it's basically like a robot that is a that can launch nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a really cool, epic piece to the story. I always thought the robot was cool. It's really yeah. the reason I you know picked it, because the game's great. So. Yeah, for sure. Great game, great design. I yeah. like it. So yeah, Metal Gear. Nice. So, do you have uh, another honorable mention? Yes, or? I do have one other one. It is the bunny mecha from the movie Sucker Punch. Do you remember this robot? So if you don't, I'll help refresh remember, your memory. Yeah, refresh so my there, memory. There is um, certain like crazy action sequences in the movie Sucker Punch. One of them is a World War One inspired zombie conflict. Yes. Okay. With uh, trench warfare and stuff. I really liked that movie, by the way. I know a lot of people don't, but... I enjoy I enjoy it a lot, too. Um, uh, I just think a lot of people didn't understand it. That's why... But. Yeah, and they had different expectations. Of, like, Sucker Punch, to me, is like an indie art house film with a massive budget where they can literally do anything they want. So it has those kind of right. subdued, really esoteric... Uh, inspirations and right. themes behind it, and that doesn't always well, the translate script, to the blockbuster general populist sort of the audience. S- the script was, I thought it was really confusing <laughs> up to a point of like what's really going on, and then I was like, oh wait, I get yes. this. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly I was in and like really sucked into what was happening. So nice. Um, yeah, so, anyways, during the uh, zombie trench warfare scene in Sucker Punch, one of the uh, girls in the movie has a giant mech that she's driving oh right it ha- so it's it's big it's green it has it looks really militarized but it's like kind of a older looking futuristic robot if that makes sense it looks like it fits in the world war one timeline but it definitely looks futuristic at the same time and she's driving it around shooting zombies all the other characters are riding around on a little crow's nest thing on top shooting right. zombies yes. as well and on the front of it, there's this giant pink bunny face painted on it. Right. It's a really yes. cool-looking robot. I love that scene. Um, another side note is just that uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Alex Pardee, um, is, was a big artist on the movie, and he actually designed the robot. So at the time this came out, this was... This artist, oh, so it's all biased opinion. No, <laughs> well, all, these, all these lists just, are biased opinions, yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. But I was just following this artist really closely. He started posting stuff before the movie. I might have seen a shot of it once or twice, then finally saw it within the movie. It was a really cool right. experience. So, all right, all right. Honorable mentions are over, so it's time for the actual lists. Dun dun dun. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so my first pick that I'm going to give you is uh, Mecha King Ghidorah. 
Okay. <laughs> that's great. I didn't I know King Ghidorah. I didn't know there was a mecha version of him, but yeah. that's awesome. The uh so if you know if you know the Godzilla movies, there's Godzilla and there's Mecha Godzilla, which is a robot version of Godzilla that was built to fight Godzilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, one of the monsters in Godzilla is a his it's King Ghidorah, mm-hmm. which is basically like a three-headed dragon. That's yeah, like, Godzilla like a size. three-headed space dragon. Pretty yeah, much is all you, you didn't know about him. Yeah, and there's a new Godzilla movie coming out. He is in the movie, mm-hmm. so if you are into giant monsters, great. <laughs> but from the older the older original Godzilla films. Event, there is a Mecha King Ghidorah, which is basically like a giant robot three-headed space dragon. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome pick. I just thought it was a cool pick. It's yeah. just a really cool like visual. There's not much you can say about it other than what I just did. It's very straightforward. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, Mecha I, King Ghidorah. I love it. I actually didn't know that was a character, but super fun, so... Um, should I go move on to my next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so then we'll move on to my last Power Rangers pick is the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Megazord. Um, I really like his design. I think you can do it really cool. The 2017 movie didn't necessarily stay that true to the, the design, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I just think it's a simple design that looks pretty awesome. So I just think it could be done even modern day a lot of the uh megazords that came after it were had kind of weird things they would try with it but this, this right. design just kept it no, simple i kept hear it you cool. you're a power ranger oh, and then <laughs> another thing is uh the coolest part of the mighty Morphin power rangers megazord is that he has a giant sword that just comes out of the sky that he catches and he uses it to fight villains is that where does the sword come from does it I'm come from sure. the sky yes it just comes out of the sky like he calls it I guess it's like orbiting the earth or something <laughs> he grabs it and he fights villains alright that's awesome too so <laughs> alright um, so I'm gonna give you <clears throat> uh, my next one's actually a Power Ranger sword oh wow okay yeah I was looking at I'm not a big Power Rangers fan I kind of skipped my Age demographic, yeah, you're a little I guess you could older say. That right. Ever but into it. the original stuff, like some of the images of the robots, I the idea I thought was kind of cool with some okay. of the things. Nice. And I was kind of battling about which one I was picking. Yeah. So I really liked the Green Ranger Zord. Nice. But I really liked the White Ranger Zord. Okay. The problem is, is that that's the same guy. Yeah. So in Power Ranger, you know, the Green Ranger dies and then he comes back as the White Ranger, and there was a big mystery of who the White Ranger was. Yes. In the grand scheme of things, I was <coughs> when I when I looked at the two of them, it's a weird <laughs> cheat for me to mention both. Yes. But I think the White Ranger Zord was the cooler of the two. Okay. So my pick on this one is the White Ranger. Nice. From the original. If I remember yeah, so. correctly, the only drawback is I think he actually had to pilot the White Ranger Zord, where the um, the green one the green one he remote controlled. <laughs> well, he 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 controlled it with his sword that also doubled as a flute that he would play that would control <laughs> right. the Zord. So and the green right. one comes out of uh, Ryan rolls his eyes and giggles over there <laughs> silently, like seriously. The green one also comes out of. <laughs> water like uh, Godzilla, which is pretty awesome, too. Right. But um, I think the white one probably looks cooler in the long run, so right. not a bad pick at all. Okay, my, on to my next one, I yeah. guess. So this one is probably the nerdiest, deepest cut that I have on the, on the list. It is, is the... Beyond Power Rangers? Yes, I think okay. so. I'm not teasing you about Power yes. Rangers. I just think it's funny that... 
It yeah, is much. the composite Superman mech from the Batman and Superman Public Enemies story. Oh my god, I completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> <Okay>. about that. <laughs> so, if anybody's unfamiliar, uh, composite Superman is a uh, villain um, in Batman and Superman comics. Uh, He's had a couple different um, I f- I iterations. Feel, I feel cheated because I forgot about this one. That probably <laughs> would have made my list, but I'll let it go. He, he has a couple different iterations. Um, I guess the common story is it's usually a guy who somehow gains the powers of... Originally, it was the Legion of Super, Superheroes, but he's also gained the powers of uh, the Justice League. And it, it's been both a person and an alien, and it all gets convoluted. But basically, it's somebody gets really like a ton of powers and presents themselves as the ultimate Superman Batman enemy, and their suit is literally half Superman, half Batman. <laughs> so it's <laughs> right. a guy wearing half Superman, half Batman right. suit. And in the but in the Public Enemies storyline <laughs> that was written by Jeff Loeb, yes, and that was remind me Ed McGinnis did Ed the McGinnis artwork did on that artwork, one. Yes, it's a giant robot made by a toy maker in Japan. Yes. That is half Batman, half Superman, and <laughs> yes. they had to go into orbit and use it to... I, they had to destroy a kryptonite meteorite. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Originally, this robot was meant to be remote-controlled, and uh, Lex Luthor steps in at the end, does something that kind of screws that operation up, and Batman actually has to fly up to destroy the kryptonite meteorite. <laughs> because um, Superman can't, because exactly. kryptonite and will kill him. <laughs> it's kind of like a Batman is sacrificing himself to save the day. Right. Obviously, he survived. He was still alive in the DC continuity, but this uh, this robot I love the design of. He looks like you look at him, it just brings a smile to your face. It was also, he was drawn by, uh, as Andy mentioned, Ed McGinnis, who's one of my favorite yeah. comic artists, so... That's funny. Yeah, I just completely <laughs> forgot about that giant robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, my next pick is Optimus Prime. Nice. Um, I wasn't the. I'm not the biggest Transformers kid, mm-hmm. but the Transformers that I was into, Optimus Prime was always one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the first few of the Transformers movies right. and Optimus Prime was great. I mean, he his voice is the very first thing you hear when you watch those Transformers movies. Yeah. Watching him transform in the Michael Bay film was great. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Optimus Prime. He's also got these great lines where he's like, <laughs> fate has a... Uh, what was that line from the second movie that I just loved? Fate has a... Fate rarely... I can't remember the line yeah. right now. So it was something about fate <laughs> choosing us at the rarest opportunities or something like, you know what okay. I mean? Like, nice. I just don't remember what the actual That's quote great. Was. I never really thought about his lines, but he does have so many He has these great, great epic lines, and you're just like, man. And then, I don't know if you... And if you haven't seen the fifth Transformers movie, there's a scene where Optimus Prime has this crazy, like big speech like he always has to kind yeah. of motivate everybody like and that's kind of a Optimus Prime <laughs> Prime trope well yes. in the movie right after the speech they cut to one of the other Transformers and he's like gives me chills every time he does that <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so I'm uh, kind of thinking that a funny game to assemble would be some kind of is it like you say a line and then you ask somebody like, "Is this Optimus Prime or a famous president?" <laughs> like, see if people can figure it out. Just That'd be really no. <laughs> funny, especially for like a Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Some of those. Um, I loved uh, <laughs> in the fourth Avengers or not Avengers, the fourth Transformers film, Age of Extinction or something. I think it was yes. called. Uh, I loved seeing Optimus Prime 
carrying a sword, <laughs> kicking ass while riding a dino bot. So <laughs> right. that's probably my favorite Optimus Prime moment. But I didn't grow up with Optimus Prime the same way you did, but I think it's a really good pick. So Yeah. All right. What do you got? This yeah. is your third pick. My so. third pick is uh, Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim. Um, I just think I love the first uh, Pacific Rim movie. I think it was just a solid pick. Um He's just got a really cool design to him, and uh, I just love some of the features they showed off in the movie, like when you see Gypsy Danger, you know, punching a giant kaiju, and he has rocket jets coming out of the back of his elbow so he can punch harder, and then as well as, like, when they finally did the sword reveal in that battle in the movie, like, there's no way to not get pumped while watching that, so. So, (laughs) it's funny that you bring up Gypsy Danger, because this is going to come back to my next pick. Yes. That was my next pick. Nice. We Gypsy Danger. Okay. One of the things, if you're going to pick any movie, if you're going to go, if you're going to pick anything from Pacific Rim or Pacific Rim 2 as your favorite, but, I mean, I don't know who wouldn't lean towards Gypsy <laughs> Danger. Yeah. It's like the main. Yeah, for uh, sure. The main Jaeger. However, everything you said is great. And the only thing I can add to it is one of the reasons I really liked that was mm-hmm. the drift tech. Yeah. That how the pilots piloted the robots. It was almost like this very, like a virtual reality kind of thing where their physical actions in the cab contributed to. So if Mm -hmm. a guy swung a punch in the cabin, the robot would punch. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And they had those special things. So like, it was like, it was almost like they stood on an elliptical. So when they Mm -hmm. moved their legs, the robot's legs moved. And it was like this really cool virtual reality, like your brain is plugged into the robot. Yeah. Which... The mental stress that that's got to cause is um, mm-hmm. the long-term concern. But. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right. Sweet. But yeah, so, so I guess, yeah, Gypsy Danger, I don't know what else to say to it, but at least we matched one tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, who goes next? Uh, yours. You're okay. on your second pick. Sounds great. Um, the next one, and this one I think is stretching the limits as far as size that I mentioned before, but I really wanted to mention the ATST from Star Wars, All-Terrain Scout transport okay um, so i teetered on choosing the atat from star wars or the atsd from yes. star wars this is your list so i'm gonna <laughs> let you dictate if that's allowed the only reason i didn't think i could pick those is because they're not really robots they're more vehicles okay fair you enough. know what i mean well hey, gypsy danger in the same extent could well, be I, well way. then you have to pull <laughs> and then if that's the case we got to pull off almost everything <laughs> for sure for sure but i just always felt that those were more military vehicles than robots you view them more as tanks than like yeah. actual yeah mech. but that's it's fair. your list so if you want to choose the atsd i'm not going to yeah. stop you but that's why i didn't yeah you know i so. had a lot of trouble like deciding do i want to pick the atsd or the atat i think both of them have very striking designs it's one of those things where if you see something that reminds you of uh, an AT, AT or ATST, you just, that's in your mind. Like, right. I know th- I saw a meme going around that had, like, some weird factory and the way it was shaped just looked like an ATST. Right. And, and then there's a, there was a meme I saw, which was <laughs> like, it was a side shot of the seats mm-hmm. from a convertible of some, like, really expensive car. Yeah. And the meme just said, a Star Wars fan will see it. Mm-hmm. And that's all it said. And I'm yeah. staring at the picture, and I'm like, oh, I see it. And it's <laughs> right basically on. the seat backs looked like battle droid heads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, for so. sure, the same sort of thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think 
the reason I want to go more towards the ATST is I always just thought they looked fun, more fun to drive. Oh yeah, and, and uh, they look they look like yeah. robots, so I totally get it. <laughs> yeah, I and just, then yeah. as a kid, um, I think just because of my love of uh, Return of the Jedi and the Ewoks, just seeing Ewoks battle ATSTs, like I just had to go with it. So right. All right. Well, my for my final <laughs> pick is Voltron. Okay. As a nice. whole. This was something I found out about when I was a kid and kind of fell in love with it a little bit. It, I mean, I wasn't a huge Voltron fan, but we had the show, we had the toys, you know, all the five giant cats that come together and become Voltron. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder if Power Rangers is a ripoff of Voltron. <laughs> oh, I think so. so yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, since we've been talking Megazords and all that stuff, yeah. I mean, Voltron, I feel like Voltron was the original. Yeah. And if you've seen a Lego catalog recently, there is a Voltron Lego set. <laughs> yes, I've seen this and it's it looks like, great. It's like $200. I don't have the money for it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but that's one Lego set because you have to build the cats first mm-hmm. and then they actually hook together to become Voltron, which that's awesome. Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That is exactly what you would want it to do. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. No, that's yeah. a great pick. Um, yeah. Not much to say about it that you haven't, but... I know. Yeah, just, I mean, it's... Like I said, it's... The, <laughs> it, I feel like it's the original... What, nice. you know, Power Rangers ended up becoming. So. Sweet. Yeah, so... Cool. Y- your last pick um, for the night. Yes, my last pick for the night is the Iron Giant. Um, we've been talking a lot about Ready Player One. Iron Giant plays a huge role in that movie, but... Otherwise, I really love uh, the original Iron Giant movie. It's a really really good movie with with a lot of heart to it that's yeah, also and, a science fiction story and if you don't cry at the end of if you don't cry at the end of the iron giant movie yes. you have no heart mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly and then another really cool thing is um in the movie the character the iron <laughs> giant like one of his biggest inspirations for being heroic is actually super superman because you know hogarth the kid in the movie shows him superman comics kind of a cool way to bring it back to Superman. For a while, people kind of considered Iron Giant one of the best, if not the best, Superman movie without being a Superman movie. Right. So I think that's really cool. Um, yeah. There were a lot of people with Ready... I know we've talked about Ready Player One a lot, but there's a lot of people who had problems with the Iron Giant representation in Ready Player One because okay. in Ready Player One, Iron Giant fights. Yeah. And that's not what happened. The Iron Giant's not a fighter in the Iron Giant movie. But, that's true. But if you watch Ready Player One and pay attention, it's not actually the Iron Giant. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> and someone is driving the Iron Giant in Ready Player mm-hmm. One. It's a completely different muscle. Exactly. So, and then in Ready Player One, did you notice the when the Iron Giant dies in the movie, <laughs> yes. the Terminator thumbs <laughs> yes, up reference? Yes, I, I, thought that was, I thought that was really cool yeah, that, that was they great. threw that in there. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. So that yeah, that's yeah, my no, final Iron Giant, pick, so. great pick. So, well, there's our giant robots. Yes, I want to um, hear. Does Ryan have any favorite giant robots or? Uh, <laughs> the day the Earth stood still. Okay. Gort, I think that was the name. Okay. Nice. So, I guess they count. I wasn't sure if they would, but those uh, AMP robots from Avatar. Like, oh, oh not, yeah, I think that. I you know that. what? I'm gonna. I say those count because they built those to be. Because the avatars, if you watch the movie, the avatars are so much the the Navi. Let me yes. clarify: are so much taller than humans that they had to build those just for like. Because before they started negotiating peace talks, 
they had those built as military to fight the Navi anyway. Mm-hmm. So that's a, yeah. That's those a are some sweet. good picks. Yeah, I would totally yeah. be cool with that. What are they called again? I think AMP. I don't know. Hmm. So I could find AMP robot suits. AMP. Cool. No, that's a that's that's perfect. Um, and I, and Ryan's a big Transformers fan. I know that, so I don't know if he <laughs> nice. had any favorite Transformers aside from Optimus that you know would have struck the. You know, I always thought Starstream was cool, but that's just because I was really into airplanes at the time. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but Starstream's always kind of whiny. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, later we'll have another. Uh, Pacific Rim, hopefully, and we'll have to come back and revisit this list. But <laughs> next week, so you want to know what my pick is for next week's sure, list? I'm going to shift gears a little bit because okay. we've talked a lot of movie stuff. Okay. All right. So I'm going to shift gears to television. Okay. And there's some rules with this. So be so. let me clarify the rules. These are going to be your top five favorite network sitcoms. The reason I said there's rules is we're talking networks. So NBC, ABC, Fox, WGN, FX, FX, we're like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's not a network. That's a cable channel. Okay. AMC is a cable channel. TBS is a cable channel. So like Friends is on TBS right now as reruns, but Friends was originally on NBC. Okay. So Net Friends is a network sitcom. Seinfeld is a network sitcom. Yeah. Um, Drew Carey is a network sitcom. Big Bang nice. Theory. You know what I mean? So we're looking at those. If that helps you, where, and you can go as far back as you want. But okay, awesome. Uh, where do uh, shows like sitcom? Uh, sorry, excuse me. Simpsons or Family Guy, something like animated sitcoms. Do they fit in this at all? Or not? so I need to look up that. Okay. Um, I was thinking about that when I was when I came up with the idea for the list. I'm like, ooh, this will be a fun list because we'll talk some comedy TV, yeah. right? The problem with Simpsons and uh, Family Guy, and this is what I'm curious about, is do they consider are they considered sitcoms in the term of what a sitcom is? Because the whole point of a sitcom was at the end of the workday, everyone gets home for dinner and then they sit in front of the couch and they watch a comedy. They sit and watch a comedy. Okay. And then everyone goes to bed, and then you, that's how you end your day. That was the whole point. Okay. So. Family Guy, I think, falls under the category a little more than Simpsons, only because Simpsons originated on the Tracy Ullman show on HBO. Fair enough. And then when they dropped Simpsons from the Tracy Ullman show, Fox picked it up and said, we want it. Yeah. And they made it an actual show. And then it's been, mm-hmm. and it's a, now it's a cultural phenomenon. For sure. So I would, I agree that Simpsons should count, but let's kind of have a conversation offline Mm-hmm. Before we like after we end the end the show, let's have a brief conversation. What you think? And <laughs> yeah, if you want to allow Simpsons, we'll allow Simpsons. Okay. If we kind of come to a general consensus, because I have no problem allowing it, but I thought about it like, ooh, does that even count as a network sitcom? Because it wasn't originally on a network, and then later a network picked it up. Okay. So, and then Family Guy, I think, kind of falls in the same boat. How it's on a network. But mm-hmm. because it's animated, does that count? So, you know, we could just say live action only, but you, you see where I'm going wonder, with that. So. Um, it doesn't have to be the traditional laugh track kind of sitcom, does no. it? No. Okay. No, I mean, what was Office? What channel was The Office on? That was a network, right? 
originally because mm-hmm. I mean I know it's on Comedy Central mm-hmm. right now, but I just don't remember what network it was yeah. originally on. So I mean, we could that's an easy look up. That's like a Google search. Okay. But I just thought that was kind of a that'd be a cool list to do, and we talk yeah. some funny comedy stuff. So if you're a Seinfeld fan or you know that kind of thing, nice that kind. Of, so yeah, so network sitcoms next week. So here's a quick bit of housekeeping for those of you listeners at home. We are finishing up the websites and social media and all that stuff. If you want to um, check out our website, it is top5report.com. If you'd like to check out our Facebook, it is top5report. It is uh, Our Twitter is at top5report. All of these, by the way, is spelled out. So it's top5five report. And then if you want to interact with the show and send us an email, it is top5report at gmail.com. We have hit a little bit of a technical snag and that was just on posting the episode so everything's 100% live we're working on that hopefully by the next week's episode everything will be up and we'll be all good to go because we hit the snag and found a quick solution and you know but I always wanted everyone to understand we just didn't want you to go to our website and then nothing be there <laughs> so we wanted to make sure that everything was live and we're just going to keep doing our thing and recording our shows and making sure everything's good to go so everyone can start listening and then once everything's on the website everything will be downloadable from the website or you can stream it but we'll uh, shortly after the website's full and ready to go we'll be submitting to iTunes so you'll be searchable on iTunes and then we'll go from there Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play that kind of thing so nice yeah anything you want to add to that? no okay (laughs) aside from our social media stuff you can follow me personally I am Drew at 3927 that goes for Twitter and Instagram it's the same Uh, or anything yeah yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter at uh, Ninja Pier okay great Well, for the top five report, we'll see you next week. I'm Drew. I'm here. Good night, everybody.